Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, This week, I am so excited um, for my guest because I recently connected with her and she is just amazing and a wealth of um, just awesome information that everybody needs to know. Um, Her name is Jasmine Ivy, and she's the founder of Women of Woo. So thanks so much, like, for joining me again. You joined me in my group last week. Now you're joining me here. Like, I just can't get enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. And you're in Kentucky, right? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, um, full disclosure, everybody, I am sipping on coffee. Jasmine's sipping on something. It's eight o'clock in the morning. It's a little early for bubbles. So we're not not going that route. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Caffeine in the morning. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. And especially on a Monday morning. This is like my third Mm -hmm. cup. But but anyway, I am so excited. to just chat more like your presentation last week to the group about law of attraction and intuitive business was just so moving. Um, so yeah, I guess let's just start there. Like, how did you kind of get started and like, you know, what did you do before and how did you kind of transition into that like intuitive business model that you have now? Yeah. So my background, I've, I've, I've been building businesses for 19 years now. And I worked primarily in marketing and sales for um, big and small businesses all along, mostly the West Coast. And I, we lived out there. And I ended my career in Silicon Valley in 2016, where I was helping build startups. And it was a really toxic environment. And um, I was really sick of dudes in suits sitting around the table taking credit for so many brilliant women's ideas, which was so often the case. And so I walked away. uh, And at the time, I had a young child, a, a baby at the time. And I just I couldn't see myself continuing to climb that corporate ladder And, uh, yeah, so I, I decided that I was going to help women build businesses. I mean, I know how to build businesses. That's what I had been doing all that time. And so I was going to actually take the skills and apply them to decent people who really wanted to help the world and do something important with their, with, with their incredible skills that they had. And so, um, I began to, uh, shift from, you know, traditional work into consulting and then into coaching, which is a very common thing to do to go from that traditional world into consulting first. I didn't do that very long because it is so much like regular work Mm -hmm. that I finally shifted into coaching. And when I began doing that, I was doing a lot of calls um, with, you know, potential clients. And I 
had always, I had been studying the law of attraction and also Buddhism and just alternative spirituality for so, so many years by that point, more than 10 years at that point. And so I was bringing that into it, but in a gentle way, because I was still kind of scared to be seen as someone who was woo. (laughs) And I also didn't consider myself woo, which is, I just didn't, I didn't really consider it. I, I found that, and I think many people find this, that the more you actually study things like law of attraction, manifestation, and just spirituality in general, the more you study that, the more logical it becomes, it makes sense. We were just taught a different set of sense basically. And so as I was doing those calls, there was a, it was a Tuesday morning and I lived in Portland, Oregon at that time. That was where my first child was born actually. And I was sitting in, um, our living room. I was doing phone calls and back then we didn't use video calling as much. And so, I was sitting there on the call with a potential lead and I had what I thought was a lightning strike to the top of my head. And, you know, being from, I'm from the Midwest. And so being the good Midwestern woman that I was, I didn't say anything because, you know, you just walk it off. Like that's the Midwest way. Like, oh, you, you broke a leg, walk it off. Right. (laughs) So here I am on this phone call and this woman is talking and she has no idea that I've just been struck by lightning. And I legitimately thought so. And so we, all of a sudden, the, uh, so the lightning comes through the top of my head, goes through my body, down to the floor, back up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, it's, that's exactly how I would describe it as lightning. And as, as I'm doing this, I'm still sort of saying, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, you know, responding to this person who's on the phone and, um. And anyway, so she, she didn't know anything had happened, but suddenly I knew things that she was thinking and I knew the context for the words that she was saying, even though she wasn't saying all the, all the things that was coming through me. And so I was suddenly in that moment able to know things about her and help her in a way that I had never done before with, with access to knowledge that I had never had before. Mm -hmm. And Uh, When I stood up from that chair, I was a fundamentally different person. And when I would be around other people, suddenly I knew things. I saw things that other people didn't see and that I didn't see before sitting down in that chair that day. And what I can tell you now is when you think you've been struck by lightning and suddenly you can hear other people's thoughts, Google will not be much of a help. (laughs) I know because I tried to Google it. And when you type in struck by lightning can hear other people's thoughts that nothing comes up on Google. (laughs) Not one thing. (laughs) But that's what you know, I really didn't have a background for this. And so I can tell you now that what happened was a Kundalini awakening, awakening, a spontaneous one at that. And it changed my life. And And suddenly I had access to information that probably was always there, you know, in the ether kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but that I hadn't had access to. And and so it changed, it changed everything. It changed the way I approach business. It changed the, the, my understanding of why so many of us have been drawn to business inexplicably. We just can't get away from it. And I started to have an understanding about so much of life and the purpose of life and the purpose of business that I didn't know before. And, and once, once those things begin to open up for you, it's impossible for it not to impact every part of your life. And so today I have a spiritually based 
business training company for women. So I'm not just teaching them how to build businesses. I'm teaching them how to connect to a mission, which was the real reason they want to build the business to begin with. Yeah. Oh, I love that. When did, when was the lightning strike? So it was in very, like, I think January of 2017. So I had been doing, you know, this was mid, uh, so I was already doing coaching and consulting using sort of a framework of the law of attraction in business. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was honestly, I mean, it's not like I can get confirmation from whoever is up there. If you could see me, if listeners, if you could see me, I'm gesturing up in the sky because like you, I still struggle to understand who exactly is up there doing what, but for like, for me, I think part of the reason it happened when it did was because I had finally, I had decided I was not going back to the corporate grind. I was going to step on this path and truly use my gifts to help women. And I think that because that was my mission's path, when I stepped on it and made the decision to stay on it, and it was an internal decision. Mm -hmm. I think that's, they activated me. I think that's the best way to describe it. It was like the, so to speak, hand of God came down and tapped me on the head. Right. Yeah. And so I remember from your presentation the other day, one of your slides was make the decision. So, you know, people that are listening and just, you know, in general, like, so how, how would you suggest people like getting started with that? Like, do you have to feel like fully ready to make a decision or you just kind of start like tuning in? and like trying to figure out exactly how to get started. And then it kind of start like the path starts to open up or like, what are your like tips on that? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. I, I feel like my understanding of this has evolved. I mean, it's like, it's a deepening. I, so here's the thing about making decisions. We think we know what that means, but the truth is when you've made a decision, your actions change. So sometimes people will say things like, I've decided to go all in on my business. And then like literally nothing changes. They look exactly the same. They don't do anything different. And and over here, we're all like, I mean, I don't know what a decision looks like, but this just doesn't look like it. Right. And so, so I think part of this is understanding that decisions are, are often made on a spectrum. It's not... Almost anything you're going to do is actually a series of small decisions, not you, not usually one big one, right? So if you think about my journey, I made a decision to leave the corporate, my corporate life, to leave the company, the last company that I, that I was working for in Silicon Valley. That was decision one, right? I made a decision to begin consulting. Now, that was not my long-term you know, mission, but in a moment it was, it was taking, it was like walking away. It was a step away from what I'd been doing. Then I made a, made a decision to step from consulting and start testing coaching. That was a decision. Then I made the decision to move into coaching more fully and then entirely. That was a decision, Mm -hmm. right? And then I made decisions to start doing calls. I made decisions to start using law of attraction in a conscious way in my business. So it's these little actions that actually make up that full decision, right? And I think that the final decision, so to speak, in in what led to that experience, which by the way, I don't expect most people to have spontaneous kundalini awakening. That that is just not (laughs) not normal, I don't think. But um, 
but I had uh, been in an interview process with a really actually wonderful company that was local to me. Now, I had lived in Portland, Oregon all the time that I worked in Silicon Valley. What that means is I was flying back and forth. Oh, wow. While breastfeeding a child that couldn't go with me. Oh. So it was a whole thing, right? Yeah. So I had I had been interviewing here and there for companies that were local to where I lived. And the thing that had happened the week before this was I had had wonderful interviews with, with the ladies. This was a primarily women-owned, not women-owned, women-staffed company. And that was really unusual for me. I was usually working with a bunch of guys. And so it was a really great situation. And there was a lot about it that made me want to continue forward. And and yet I, I had gone through maybe three or four rounds of interviews and, and I finally was like, I told my husband, I'm going to tell them I'm, I'm going to take out my name for this. I don't think I'm going to do this. And he looked at me like I was nuts, right? Because it was like a six-figure job, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, it was, and it was at home, right? I didn't mm. have to fly, it fly back and forth. So, I mean, it was, there was a lot of reasons to look at, look at your partner and be like, what? But I wanted to go all in on the coaching. And that was the decision. I took mm -hmm. my name out of that. And I said to the lady, because we had talked about all the other things that I was doing also. She was, she was wonderful. She was a recruiter for them, but she was great. And I said, I just can't do this. I can't tell you how many times that I have said I was going to build a business like this. And then I went back to traditional work mm -hmm. because I was afraid. And I, and I told her, I said, I just can't do it this time. And that was a decision right there, right? It was a decision because a lot of people, almost everyone probably would have been like, Jasmine, just, I mean, you know, take that job. Right. Yeah, that's a big decision. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And and so that decision, I think, was the decision that ultimately led to what happened to me sitting in that chair, right? That I had made enough decisions so to speak, to tip into a new energy of momentum. Right. Yeah. And how did things take off after that? Were they pretty quick or did it take a little while or like for your business? I mean, yeah, no, I, I mean, if you could see me, I kind of, I'm like, eh, you know, <laughs> so like I was doing calls. So by that point I had been doing calls for, you know, a few months. And by the way, those of you who are building coaching businesses, you're going to do a lot of calls that end in no. In fact, in the yeah. beginning, most of them will end in no. So yeah. how did it go? Well, so that year I did 142, I counted 142 <laughs> two hour discovery calls because I wanted to not just help women grow their businesses. I wanted to be a good coach. I wanted to be great. Right. And while I had a lot of knowledge in business, I hadn't coached before. And so in order to become a good coach, you need to coach. And so I was determined to become great at that. And so I did 142 free two-hour calls. And wow. oh, I would say 98% of them ended in no. And that's, uh, that's not an unusual statistic for the record. Mm-hmm. But in January, I had that experience. I was doing all the calls still, and I didn't have very much time to work, two or three hours a day, because that was the little bit of time my son was in the little daycare down the street. And let's see. So I didn't, February was quiet. I was doing a free uh, course that I was running, um, got my first client from that. 
um, March, I think I, I sold, I launched a course and sold like seven spots, but I was excited. I think I made like $2,000 and I was stoked. Yeah. And then April came and I remember April was terrible. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then May came and it was like 12,000. And then June came and it was 17,000. And then on and on and on. Yeah, the rest is history. Yep. 20,000 and 28,000, 50,000. And, and so it became a thing where you, it was yet again, a series of decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So if I had made in February or March or whatever, April, where, you know, I was, I truly was not making enough money for us to, to pull things together, right? We were scraping by at that point. And it, if from the outside looking in, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense that I had passed up, you know, a six figure job or any of, I could have been hired by any number of different companies to do consulting and, and made more in a week. Mm-hmm. But there was, that's, that was the, the, what I was doing was the reflection of going all in. I had decided. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so in addition to think and grow rich, I've been reading, have you heard of Amanda Francis? She's like the money I've coached with her. Yeah. She's been uh, one of my coaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm reading her book, um, mm-hmm. that she just re- like just released and it's amazing. And it's, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of the, the same thing that you have been saying, like the decision and, you know, manifestation and somebody, I don't know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around because I wasn't raised with that kind of thinking, I guess probably None most of, of us. us were. Yeah. I was about to say yeah. Amanda either. I was in Amanda's first ever mastermind. Oh, really? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. She seems like such a cool chick. I mean, I've only followed her on social media and read her book, but she mm-hmm. seems amazing. Um, she is, but yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I just love learning like from both of you guys, you know, like making the decision and getting there. And I guess, yeah, like for the listeners as well, I don't know. Like, I do know, like you have to make the decision in a line and then kind of make that inspired action. And I, I don't know, I guess, is there any tip of like just holding that faith? Cause she talks about like holding the faith that like, you know, and then making inspired action as you keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this, but maybe you might. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. There is no secret. That's the truth. I mean, for me, for example, in the, in the year that all that happened in February or March, when, you know, I really was, I was bringing in some, some money, but it was, it was not what we needed for sure. And it would be easy to look at that and say, well, this isn't working. And that's what a lot of people do. They look at current actions and they say, okay, well, they, they base future, you know, results on current, the current results. And the truth is, if I had been looking at current results, then yeah, it wasn't working. Right. But what I was looking at was the the future that I had decided on. And the future that I had decided on was me serving a lot of women, me helping a lot of women build six-figure businesses. That is what I do. I know how to do that. And I knew that I knew how to do that. And so it was a matter of if I kept my eye on what I was building, then it was an inevitability. Then, then, my, then if I knew for sure... I didn't know when, but I knew for mm-hmm. sure that I was going to do it. And so as long as you know for sure what you're going to do and what's going to happen as a result, then your actions are going to line up with that. But many people go, oh, I tried like one thing and, and it right. didn't work. So it must not be happening. Right. Yeah. I see that a lot. 
And I mean, I feel like in, I'm in marketing and, you know, same thing, people try like different tools and for like a month or two and like, oh, that didn't work, you know, so I'm going to try something else when you just kind of have to stick with it and be consistent instead of jumping all around. But um, everything works. Everything works. It's a matter of going all in on that thing. Like, for example, perfect example for Instagram for the longest time. It wasn't my tool for years in the early days, 2016, Facebook groups were like the thing. Mm -hmm. And, and like, there was a time where I was just like, oh, I don't need anything else other than Facebook groups. And I mean, I made my first six, probably my first three or 400,000 in on because of the strength of Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. But like, there came a time where it didn't feel good anymore. But I was like, oh, but Instagram doesn't really work. I mean, that's just dumb. Yes, it does. Obviously it does for lots of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it and there was this point where I realized like, why, like, of course it works. I have to work it. Right. Right. And if I assume that it's inevitable, right? Because you get to a point, this is me, by the way, I will get to a point where I will know I need to make a change from Facebook to Instagram, for example, but there's been lots of examples in my life. And instead of doing it, I'll be like, oh, but this is kind of still working. I will, I will ride it till the wheels fall off (laughs) till, I mean, till it, till the car has become a sled. Like there is nothing left to milk out of it at all. Right. Even though a year ago I should have got out of it, right. A year ago, I should have made the change. And so this is <laughs> something I recognize as a pattern of myself. And so there was sort of this moment of like, you've got to, you don't like Facebook. And if you hate it and you don't want to be there and you don't want to do those things, of course, it's not going to work. Right. right. And so it was this internal decision of anywhere will work. TikTok. Pinterest, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it's, it, it'll all work. You have to go all in. And when I experienced that internal shift, then everybody started reaching out to me and like, what are you doing on your Instagram? Your Instagram content is amazing. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? And I'm like, oh yeah, that was me internally. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I post things that I posted six months ago or a year ago, I repost them, you know, repurpose your content. I repost them and people will be like, this post is unbelievable. And I'm like, you read that six months ago. (laughs) They did, but it was a different energy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. It makes total sense. Like in everything. Um, and you're, you're pretty big on clubhouse now, right? How is that going? Mm -hmm. Clubhouse is cool. It's an audio-based platform for those of you that don't know. It's iPhone only right now. So if you're in the Android club, you're uh, you're left out right now. But I know they're working on it. Clubhouse is cool. It's um, I consider it a lead generation source. So Instagram right now is my home, my my internet home, so to speak. This is where, you know, if you want to come hang out with me, like on the daily, the Instagrams where I do that, but clubhouse is where I go and I present and I share or teach or have good conversations. And then people come back and hang out on Instagram. So if, if you're interested, if you're listening and you're interested in checking out clubhouse, I do recommend you do it. Um, for most of us, it's more of a lead generation source than a place to hang out mainly because like you can only do one thing there, use right. audio and talk in rooms. <laughs> and so it's you so can't crazy. even send people to your website. Yeah, I love, and I, I think it's so cool that, you know, that nothing's saved. Like, you know, we're all so used to be like, oh, I'll just catch the replay. But it's like, mm-hmm. nope, there's no replay on Clubhouse. Like, you've right. got to be active. 
That's right. And that's one of the wonderful aspects of it is that you're getting some of these folks that you might not have ever had conversations with. You're getting them live. Right. And it's a really interesting thing. You know, so many of us have teams and people that can help support us on, you know, various platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. I mean, you can have teams for all the places, Um, schedulers, right? Mm -hmm. But But on Clubhouse, like you're either on there or you're not like, that's it. It's right. your voice or it's somebody else's like it, there's no, there is no somebody doing that for you. And I think that's a really cool thing that brings us into the present in a way on social media that we haven't had to do. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's so true. I love that. Um, and I know you've, <clears throat> you've mentioned the law of attraction a few times, and I was wondering if you could dig into that a little bit more and just explain like for listeners that may not know what that is, or maybe they've heard of it, but they're not quite sure what it all means. And like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, all about it. So law of attraction is one of several universal laws that in this case, law of attraction says you attract what you think. Now, if you sit there right now and think, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. It's probably not going to happen instantly. And and so part of that has to do with the fact that we live in um, a three-dimension sort of experience. So what that means is we are working with time. And time mean time is sort of this thing that separates us from our manifestations. The thing manifestations mean like that million dollars, right? There is time in between you and that that million dollars. And so what that means in law of attraction terms is that you can attract that million dollars to you, but because we are dealing with time, there is a time factor. It could take, you could be 10 years away from it or, or a hundred years or a thousand years or five minutes. And manifestation is what brings that into your reality. So law of attraction says, if I think something a lot, eventually I will believe that thing. And if I believe that thing, then my actions will change. And by changing my actions, remember the deciding thing, which is really what we're talking about here, I will begin to take actions that align me with that millionaire self. So if you or any anyone listening believe that you are absolutely a millionaire and the only thing separating you from that million dollars is time, then what does your millionaire self do? And so suddenly your actions change. Right now you're taking the actions of someone who is not a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And so law of attraction is simply the law that attracts that million dollars to you through your continued thoughts. A belief is simply something that you think a lot. I I joked, oh, I think it was in your Facebook group the other day about how um, Baby Shark, if you know the song Baby Shark, we can hear it in our heads instantly. Baby Shark proves that a terrible song is just as likely to get into your head as a good song, if not more likely. And beliefs are like that too. Thoughts are like that too, right? So so in order to uh, align with being the millionaire, we have to baby shark it, <laughs> we have to get it into our heads like that, you know, and, and it changes your actions. It changes the way you live in your life. It changes how you show up. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
<clears throat> and you kind of mentioned too the other day in the group, and I mean, I think we all kind of know that growth is uncomfortable. Um, so like comfort zone, like what do you do like to get out of your comfort zone and like how, you know, how can we all like, I don't know, I guess there's no pretty way of like being comfortable with growth, but <laughs> if there is, I would love to hear about it. <laughs> mm. I really don't feel comfortable very often. Truthfully, <laughs> I, I sometimes describe it as I'm jumping from one cloud to the next. So nothing under me ever feels solid. Ah. And and so I I operate so far outside of traditional life now. So for example, like my husband and I, we run this company. Um, we do not have any source of income outside of our own business. Mm -hmm. Our business is entirely online. We have, you know, kids who they don't, our children have no frame of reference for what it is for parents to do something that they, they don't love. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, and so our life is so much out, outside of the comfort zone. And, and so you do learn to, it's funny, you do begin to be more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, but I definitely notice it all the time. And one of the things that I think never goes away is that I still can catch that sort of subconscious part of me longing for like the dependability of normal life. And that's just part of, so like, if you think about it in terms of like the ego, the ego is the thing that, that, that says, you know, oh, I mean, you, you just need to be normal or, oh, what will people think? Or, oh, what will your aunt Sally say or whatever, right? The ego has always got something to say. Well, the reason it's doing that is because, you know, back in like early human days, what do you think happened to the person that went off on their own away from the pack? Got eaten by a mammoth, maybe? <laughs> right, exactly. So we are, as humans, we are wired to be part of the pack. And we evolved beyond the physical safety need of that, mostly. Mm -hmm. And yet our brains are still wired for it. And our, our fears also evolved, right? We, generally speaking, are not fighting for our lives every second of our day, <laughs> thankfully, right? We're not constantly worried about, you know, some lion going to attack me any second, you know? Mm -hmm. So instead, our fears that we do have, which we still feel fear, because again, we're, we're wired to feel that too. Yeah. The fears, our ego says, well, these will kill you. So it'll, it, you know, standing on that stage, it'll kill you. Going on video will kill you. Like it's not explicit, but our, our physical body reaction does match that, mm -hmm. right? Like when we go to do something and we actually shake or we go to do something and we can feel our heart racing, that is the body thinking that we're about to die from doing something. That's when I have to talk in front of like five people. That's how I feel. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so Knowing that, the reason I'm talking about that, knowing it helps you be gentler. It helps you understand that just because the body and even the mind reacts to something, it's doing that as a protection mechanism. And then you can say to yourself internally, you can say, I don't need protection right now. These people aren't, those five people, they're not going to eat me. They might not like what I'm going to say, but I can survive that. I love that. It's so true. 
And yeah, like <clears throat> I have found that like, you know, obviously the more we kind of keep putting ourselves in situations, it does feel easier, though it's never like super comfortable. But I guess mm-hmm. that's a good sign as like you continue to keep going. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you're not growing. Yeah. And and so you're going to be very uncomfortable often. But the truth is like being comfortable with different thing. It, it, it's basically, it's an evolution. Like yeah. if you are terrified to, to do an Instagram live or even just to go on Instagram stories, then you might not want to jump to doing a TEDx talk. Right. right? So like there, it, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. Right. So if like your dream is to be a TEDx speaker, but you are paralyzed by that, then it's very possible you would go and do it and choke. And, and so being able to transition toward that, like in, in spaces where you are more comfortable, that is a total reasonable thing to do. Like, of course, like if you want to go be a TEDx speaker, start with Instagram stories, right? Mm -hmm. And, and not to say that's going to feel comfortable, but it's going to feel probably more comfortable, right? (laughs) Than, than, you know, standing on that stage. And so you have to get used to it in smaller doses, and, and so finding the, the smaller things to start with, and as you do them, you know, it just gets more and more and more comfortable. My, my client the other day, she was, she wrote a post on Instagram and she was talking about how, I think it was in 2016, maybe, or I'm not sure, but I had done a training on how to do a Facebook live because people were so uncomfortable at the idea of video and they just, they did not know how to do a Facebook live. Like it was such new technology to them. Mm -hmm. And I had lots of people go through that training. And now she is on Instagram stories every single day. She has a six figure business and all these, but she did that training with me (laughs) years ago. And she was talking about how like, you know, so many people would easily look at her now, you know, beautiful photography, beautiful posts, beautiful videos, all these mm-hmm. different things, you know, they would look at her and, and say, oh, well, she was never afraid. Right. But just a few years ago, that was not that long ago. She yeah. literally did a training on how to do a Facebook live. And we laugh about it now because like everyone knows how to do a Facebook, even if you don't want to do it, you know how. Right. But like then that was not true. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think too, cause like some, you know, a lot of us, get kind of like, you know, self-conscious or like overanalyzed. Like I don't have a ton of branded photography, you know, like I don't have all these graphics. I don't have such a pretty grid. So like, why even try, you know what I mean? Yeah. When, when they all kind of, we all start from the same place and it evolves over time. Same thing with like the growth and the being uncomfortable. Hmm. I mean, most of my photographs are taken by me, especially since pandemic. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can take really great photographs of yourself. I mean, you you brought up Amanda Francis. She posts selfies all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's just we live in a culture where we need a lot more photographs than it makes sense for us to hire photographers for. And I love photo- I have bunches of photography clients. Don't come at me, ladies. But <laughs> The reality is we aren't going to have a photographer around every week. And, right. and so selfies are a totally great way to do that. And, and like, there's no reason if you want a cohesive feed, you don't have to have it. But if you want one, then just do it. Mm-hmm. Just choose to do it. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I, last, like last little thing, I want to just touch on like how I loved so much that you said to lean in what feels fun, because I feel like a lot of times we forget that. And it's like, okay, logically, I should be doing 
X, Y, and Z, because that's kind of what I've been brought up to, you know, told what to do. And we kind of forget about the fun factor, but that would, correct me if I'm wrong, like that kind of plugs right in with your energy, right? Like if you're having Mm -hmm. fun, then you're going to attract and have that energy. And whereas like, if you're like, oh, I got to do this, you know, I'd feel like Mm -hmm. things wouldn't connect as well. Right. So there will be unfun tasks associated with a fun project. Mm. And so, for example, like it is super duper fun to be the mom of a five and a two-year-old. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. It is extremely fun to be their mom. But y'all, there are some unfun tasks (laughs) that I am asked to do. And like, just because I'm doing like, if someone was like, would you like to change a poopy diaper today? I would be like, I would like to opt out of that. Thank you. Where, where can I sign? Right. But the truth is I'm not doing, I'm not changing that diaper thinking, oh my God, this is terrible. Who had me do this? This is the worst thing. Maybe I'm not meant to be a mother. Right. right? It was on my hand. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or on my floor or wherever. Right. Like, Some of the fun projects will include unfun tasks, but the important aspect is to understand that how the unfun tasks associate with the fun project and many people do not do it that way. Mm -hmm. So when they, they they say, I want to start a coaching business. Yay. That sounds so super fun. And they, and then they begin to imagine hanging out with the clients or what doing the calls or whatever sounds fun about that. And then the external world is like, you should build a website Mm -hmm. and you don't even necessarily attach it to the fun thing you wanted to do. It's just like, oh, now the shoulds have joined the, joined the party. Right. Right. When you don't have it attached to the fun project and, or it's not even necessary at first for the, for the fun project, then it will sap your energy. But if you are, if you have your eyes on the fun project, then whatever is necessary and required, even if it is unfun, it won't feel that bad. It won't, it won't drain your energy. So like, for example, allow me to anyone listening, you want to start a coaching business, you want to start a services-based business. That's awesome. If you don't have a website, you don't have to. If you are brand new and you don't know how to do a website and it overwhelms you to think that you have to do it, it overwhelms you to think about, you know, putting it all together and that's what's stopping you, don't do it. Post on Instagram that you are you are doing market research calls and you got five spots. Go. Now you have a business. You can start like that. And when we and when we begin to move toward the fun thing, as you find yourself moving through that energy, there will come a point where you're like, you know, it would be really great if I had a website. And that's when you do it. I love that. <clears throat> it makes total sense. Like the overall viewing it that way. Um, Cause I never even thought about like unfun tasks, but I mean, it's so true. Like there are things like I love creating content, but I don't really love like putting it all together and making it look pretty. You know what I mean? Right. But that's just part of it, like editing it and making it look nice, you know, but it, the overall, you know, vibe and goal, it totally outweighs the, the unfun tasks as they that's come right. up. You get through it because it's attached to the fun thing. But when you're doing it because you're, you think you're supposed to do it, it's no longer attached to the fun thing. It's attached to the external world. Yes. I love that. 
oh, I knew this was going to be an awesome conversation. <laughs> like I was just so excited. <laughs> I woke up like, Hey, it's Monday. I get to talk to Jasmine again. Um, that's all I like could think of, of, you know, different topics. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Or like, I feel like we covered like a ton. So but- we did. I, I think those, those listening, I think, you know, so many people think that, you know, business is going to be something that's only for other people. And so if you're listening, here's what I want you to think about today as you listen to this podcast. What is the thing that you did in your life that no one thought you could do and you did it anyway? We all have those things, right? Mm -hmm. We all have those moments where there was something that we managed to do or that we set our mind to doing even when no one thought we could. Make business that for you. If this is your mission, if something greater than you said, this is what she is designed to do in this life. If something up there, you can't see me, but I'm gesturing (laughs) up there. Something up there said, that person is meant to help these people. If something up there did that, you can't fail. It's an inevitability. Your success is literally inevitable. And if that's the case, what would you do today? Go do it. Oh, I love that. It makes so total sense. Um, I've been trying to like live like that too. Like, you know, if I were to like die in a week, like mm-hmm. what doing what I'm doing right now, make like, is this where how and like where I'm at if I had to go? Um, yeah. And a little backstory on that is that my dad passed away from cancer. Like from the day we found out it was terminal, he was gone nine days later. So I'm kind of like, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he was still working. He was still working a corporate job. He was only 71. Sure. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do I want to keep, do I want to be like that? Or do I want to like honor, you know, that and take, you know, he always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but he was always a little uh, on the fence about going all in. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to like take that approach with life. And you totally just like mm-hmm. said it the same way. So like, let's all have fun and, you know, figure out what we're doing and what we're meant for. Like you said, it's inevitable. That's right. I love it. Thank you so much. Like, this has just been awesome. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear this and take what you're sharing and apply it to their life and business. Absolutely. And guys, come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm at Women of Woo. Yes. Yeah. And your, your website's the same thing too, right? Yep. Women of Woo. So women, women of Woo.com. It's women. <laughs> and Clubhouse. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Clubhouse women. Awesome. And are you women of woo on clubhouse as well? I can't. I am. Yep. Okay. I know I'm following you. I just couldn't think of your thing, but um, Mm -hmm. yes, y'all go follow her and like your content's amazing and just your message. And so, yeah, I just thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much. Awesome. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, join us in the Bubbles and Biz community. We have weekly accountability, an open office hour, and rotating events like group coaching from me, networking, expert guests, and more. Join us to connect, collaborate, and celebrate. Learn more at bubblesandbiz.co.